We've got the Tennessee Titans heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers as three-point underdogs with a 36.5 point over under. This is Showdown Coverage brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wildy, and before we jump over to DraftKings, we want to remind you to use promo code SAVE15 to get access to all of our content over at SharpFootballAnalysis.com. That is S-A-V-E-1-5 to get 15% off subscriptions at SharpFootballAnalysis.com. Let's jump into the slate. This slate is probably the one that I'm the most excited for, and I know that sounds crazy. It's just the Titans and the Steelers. It's a 36.5 point over under. Uh, The only thing we really have to worry about is DeAndre Hopkins, who we'll get into in a moment. But the great thing about this slate is it it plays out well for – small field stuff, cash game stuff, but it's also great for uh, tournaments. I mean, you can pretty much play whoever you want and you've got viable lineups. The median projection is going to be pretty similar no matter if you want to stack the Titans or if you want to stack the Steelers. I guess uh, DeAndre Hopkins being out would definitely hinder stacking the the Titans. And uh, there's a little bit of ifs with uh with will levis's great performance last week that we'll get into as well but you could pretty much approach this from any angle and come away with some really cool unique lineups so that's what we'll get into in just a moment we've got the easy one right there at the top derrick henry he's going to handle 75 percent ish of the snaps which is a little lower than what we've used to been used to seeing with derrick henry but i mean tajay spears has done well with his opportunities and obviously derrick henry's up there in age so it makes a little more sense that we're not seeing that like 100 percent snap share for derrick henry or anything like that but he's still going to get 20 plus touches and he's going to be the most viable option for uh, those Pittsburgh stacks. And I personally will be stacking Pittsburgh pretty heavily and I'll, I'll give my reasoning why here pretty soon. But Derrick Henry is the one who fits that the most because you can afford to play Derrick Henry when you have these mid tier uh, mid priced options for the Steelers. And it uh, directly contradicts the, uh, the Titans passing game. So it works in multiple facets. Now we have DeAndre Hopkins who practiced in limited fashion Monday and Tuesday, but that doesn't really count because they don't really practice um, during those times. So it's difficult to say when you have a guy who, um, you know, played Monday, Tuesday, and then gets downgraded to uh, not non-participant, right? So, with that being said, I'm going to say that I think that DeAndre Hopkins will probably be out, but we will discuss um, both avenues for this slate, and we'll talk about what what that's kind of going to do for your lineup. So let's proceed with DeAndre Hopkins out, and then we'll readdress later. Will Levis, four touchdowns last week. Um, I don't know, a bunch of crazy stats about how that was like the most touchdowns for uh, a quarterback in his first performance or something like that. I mean, it, it, it was pretty phenomenal. Uh, however... There were definitely some missed opportunities for him as well, which is going to happen. Of course, it was it was his first showing. Um, but what that really says to me is that um, I, w- I wouldn't expect that 
performance again. Uh, I would expect him to do okay. I mean, we did like Will Levis going into the year. I was surprised to see him fall out of the first round. I didn't necessarily believe he was going to be a top 10 pick, but I did think that he was going to be inside the first round. So it's not like we didn't expect him to be good, right? But I'm not rushing to pay the 9600 for him when Kenny Pickett's 9200 as a home favorite, right? Uh, we can fit them both in the lineups and feel okay about it, especially if DeAndre Hopkins is out. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to try to get to these Steelers receivers with that money and um, admit Will Levis and hope he has a, uh, a more average performance in this next outing. Brings us down to Kenny Pickett at 9,200. He will be active, doesn't even have an injury de designation. He said the whole time that he was going to play, so uh, no surprise there. And that's kind of good because with uh, Mitch Trubisky, we would have had to pretty much just omit George Pickens from our player pool, and now we've got access to Pickens and um, Deontay Johnson. And uh, those, spoiler alert, are uh, two players that I'm going to try to put in as many lineups as possible. So we'll uh, cover George Pickens and Deontay Johnson kind of at the same time. Deontay Johnson came back two weeks ago, had like a 66% snap share, and then that jumped all the way up to 90 some percent uh, this past week. So uh, he's all the way back, right? No, no limitations. And uh, he's going to be more of our PPR kind of guy, but George Pickens, um, you don't even really need to call him boom bust. Cause he seems like he's getting, uh, He's pretty productive on a per game basis too. It's just that he doesn't get a ton of receptions, but it doesn't really matter because he's been so dominant downfield. I mean, you can see, I know it's a terrible indicator, but I guess eight weeks into the season, it at least tells you that the players involved to see they're like 15.5 fantasy points per game. And you see a guy like George Pickens, who you think about that's kind of interesting. I mean, he's probably a top 24 wide receiver still. I know he was earlier in the year and he's a guy that you don't trust very often. So Needless to say, he's going to get into a lot of our lineups when we're stacking Kenny Pickett, probably almost all of them, um, because of the way that pricing works out with Pickett, Pickens, and Deontay Johnson. Now is where it gets interesting, though, because you have some backs that are involved in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Neither of them are we excited about, but they make for some pretty awesome tournament plays because if either one of them falls into the end zone on a slate where the total's only 36 and a half, they're all, they're probably finding themselves in the optimal lineup. And, um, that's awesome because they're not, their roster percentage is going to be pretty low. I mean, I'm not going to be the only one that's excited to play George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Um, so Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, I would say Najee Harris probably still maybe one more week has the, um, the nod with in terms of uh, roster percentage. We saw the exact same thing, exact same thing happen with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. DraftKings was weary to get Tony Pollard's price over Ezekiel Elliott's um, we were weary to play Tony Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott. And just as the season dragged on, finally, you know, towards the end of the year, you finally saw Tony Pollard. Um, at one point, they were tied for a couple slates. And then I do believe that Tony Pollard ended up being more expensive. And it looks like Jalen Warren's on that same trajectory. It's a little less exciting, though, because this offense is less productive rushing the football. But, um, Jalen Warren at 6,400 makes for an excellent tournament play because, for one, if the Steelers find themselves down, which it's only a three-point spread and a really low total, so uh, Steelers could definitely find themselves down in this game. Jalen Warren's going to have some PPR upside. And then um, Najee Harris is just the uh, the more expensive one, but he is the uh, quote-unquote starter, right? So he's probably going to get a little bit more run. So he's not as sneaky, but he's also a fine tournament option. I would not 
play them both. And that's that's a lot coming from me because uh, I'm a huge advocate for playing two running backs from the same team in showdown because it's uh, one of those rules we always talk about. Like sometimes I'm looking for reasons to not omit certain things from lineups just because um, people are so adamant about clicking the rule sets uh, when they're building their lineups, the same rule sets week in and week out, right? And one of them that you're going to click often is uh, – do not allow two running backs from the same team. So on slates where that's viable, I'm super pumped to uh, to include that. But uh, these two backs, they're too expensive. Usually you'll have an expensive one. And like uh, totally fine playing Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears in, in a lineup or two in tournaments, right? But uh, the, these two backs for the Steelers are too expensive and they're just direct contradictions to each other. And neither of them really get enough work to... Um, I don't know to to warrant two of them. Like, there's not enough um, enough to go around for both of them to be viable together. So maybe I'll eat my words, and maybe they'll both be in the, the optimal lineup. But I think that's uh, that's what I'm going to skip out on here at uh, 5400. Tajay Spears has been doing really well with his opportunities. I'm pleasantly surprised as somebody who partakes in a lot of dynasty, but uh 5400 he's gotten pretty expensive once you get above the kickers you really need to have like a certain volume threshold for me to where i'm once you get past the kickers range like if tajay spears is 3800 where he probably should be or or even down there with chig i mean for example i'd rather trail on burks at 3800 right so that makes it really hard to consider tajay spears so even though he's been productive and shim flashes and look talented 5400 gets him a little bit high not because of or is a little high not because of his ability but because you see uh both kickers in that range you see chig in that range you have perk burks even cheaper than that so you still have viable options underneath them so tajay spears is somebody that i will reserve for like maybe mid to large uh tournaments but not somebody i'm going to completely admit because for that same reason that I just said, you know, people will be uncomfortable playing him a little harder to click his name. Ipso facto. Now we've got a good tournament player, right? That's how showdown works. It's a, it's a fickle beast, as I like to say. So don't completely omit Tajay Spears, but in small field stuff or cash stuff, there's like uh, a few better options than Spears for, on a point per dollar basis. That takes you down to Chig. Chig uh, has been a little bit, uh, Chigo Conquo has been a little bit disappointing. I know that going into the season, I thought he was going to be probably a top 12 tight end. I really thought his role was going to expand. He's had some very, very electric plays in his time in the NFL, and it just has not panned out for him yet. And here at 4,200, for similar reasons as Tajay Spears not being super viable, uh, he, Chig's not going to be super viable on this slate either. Maybe he gets a slight boost if we see DeAndre Hopkins out, but probably not going to be directly correlated with Chig anyways. That's going to be like Traylon Burks getting a boost to the moon and not really much different for Chig. So um, somebody I guess you can consider if you do, if you are going to um, be someone who subscribes to those uh, Tennessee Titans builds, but as somebody who's going to be stacking Pittsburgh, I don't see getting to Chig. I, I guess he will fit in the kind of build because uh, let's get a little bit of a preview. We're going to be trying to fit uh, Pickens, uh, Deontay Johnson, um, Kenny Pickett and Derrick Henry in a lot of our lineups. What that does is that leaves us enough money for like a $4,000 player and a punt play, but it also doesn't leave us a ton of variety, right? So when you're doing a 20 max, you probably do get to Chig 
on one or two lineups. You probably do get to Tajay Spears on one or two lineups for the simple fact that you've got such a tight core that you're not used to that you're going to have to cycle through those players. So that's how you find yourself on a Chig or a Tajay Spears, even though they're not the most optimal you have such a tight core with those four players that you're going to have to rotate those last two positions quite a bit. Uh, same thing with Traylon Burks. He's a fine play at 3,800, assuming that uh, Will Levis is okay at football, right? Because Ryan Tannehill had a pretty steep drop-off, and it's been a struggle for him to um, basically get anything done in the passing game. So you certainly couldn't trust Traylon Burks, and that's how his price got to 3,800, even though he's a full-time player. Now, if Will Levis can be a productive passer, uh, we've got we're really cooking with Traylon Burks at 3,800. So Traylon Burks is super viable. Maybe not cash game. Probably not getting there in cash game because you're going to be able to afford a kicker. Uh, but other than that, small field stuff, three max small field stuff. Um, plenty happy with Traylon Burks. And then, of course, if DeAndre Hopkins is out, yes, absolutely. Um, Traylon Burks is going to be the starting receiver and he can succeed in some of the same ways that DeAndre Hopkins succeeded uh, last week, which I believe was all slants. I'm not 100% certain, but uh, I'm almost sure if not all slants, I think all three of DeAndre Hopkins' big plays were on in-breaking routes. And that's something, the short in-breaking routes are something that... Um, Traylon Burks can actually do fairly well. Now, once you get after Traylon Burks, you Hopkins won't miss. Yeah, I hope Hopkins doesn't miss. Like I mentioned earlier, um, the only reason that I am worried is because what's the point in listing him as a do not uh, did not participate on a Wednesday uh, when he was limited Monday and Tuesday because they don't actually practice on these short weeks. So there's no incentive for li listing him as a do not pers participate. I do believe that he... Um, he will probably go because um, uh, like most people say, he doesn't need the practice. Right. But um, the issue is just then like, what are, what are the Titans doing? Right. You can't just uh, put somebody on the injury report. That's not actually injured. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. We've, we've got the scenarios played out for both. It, it, it doesn't really matter. I frankly, I'm not going to get to a lot of DeAndre Hopkins with the way I'm looking at this slate. Anyways, uh, that this brings us down to a kind of ugly range, but, um, another reason that I'm so adamant about stacking Pittsburgh is that you have two, actually three really viable options there in this price range. You have uh, Cam Hayward, Allen Robinson, and Calvin Austin. So uh, Cam Hayward, the most viable of the three full-time starter, Pat Fryer, he's still on IR. But then you have Allen Robinson playing about 60% of the snaps, not doing much with his 60% of the snaps, but now he's at 2,200. And then you have Calvin Austin, who I do think is going to start eating into Allen Robinson's snaps just because I do think that Calvin Austin brings an element to the offense that Allen Robinson has not been bringing, right? So at some point, that flip is going to happen. Same thing I always talk about with the Giants. At some point, those rookies, Jalen Hyatt is going to, is going to start having a bigger role. Um, so basically what happened is Calvin Austin and Allen Robinson were both full-time players while Deontay Johnson was out. In fact, when Deontay Johnson missed the first game, uh, when he went out in the first game, Calvin Austin took all of the rest of the snaps for the rest of the game. It's like uh, I think Deontay played 43% uh, and then Calvin Austin played 56 or whatever. Um, and then 
uh, as Deontay Johnson came back, Allen Robinson played most of the snaps in the first game. Calvin Austin got up to 27% last week, and I do think he will experience one more jump. So uh, I'll, I would look to those Steelers guys. We're, we're running out of time, so I'm not even going to touch on the um, like Nick Westbrook-Akine or Kyle Phillips or Chris Moore. I don't think you need to get to any of those three. So let's just try to build one of these Steelers lineups while we still have time, and you can kind of see what I've been – what, what I'm thinking about for this slate. So Kenny Pickett uh, in the captain at the top, just because I don't think he'll be as popular as uh, Deontay Johnson or Kenny Pickett, uh, or sorry, or um, Pickens. So I, I'll just throw him in there just to be a little bit of contrarian. And then, uh, yeah, you can go here, Pickens, Johnson. And then you have, this is where I was talking about, once you have these four guys, since Pickett, Pickens and Johnson are similar. You can rotate them at captain and a 20 max or something like that. And then you're just messing with these two spots left, right? So you can do a lot with these two spots. Let's play it safe first and do like Nick Folk and Cam Hayward. And then you have no money left, right? But this is a super safe lineup. Like this is something that's probably going to be cash viable. Uh, maybe you put one of the receivers in at captain with a little bit higher uh, floor and ceiling, which is weird to say about a quarterback, but with this low total, probably true. But this is something that's super viable. But basically what I was talking about is, I mean, you just now you want Deontay Johnson and a captain and you throw and pick it. Now you have $400 left and bam, now you have your next lineup. And then you do the same thing. You'll throw George Pickens at captain and you and you'll put Deontay Johnson back in the flex and you can just rotate and rotate on through. You could almost even uh, put Derrick Henry at captain um, and then go cheaper than Nick Folk. Um, but that doesn't pan out that often with a running back where you have the um, underdog in a, in a four by two as one of your captains uh, is not a great strategy typically. But uh, yeah, so that's where I'm going with this sleep. Mostly Steelers. You can rotate through those core guys. Um, mostly Derrick Henry. If DeAndre Hopkins is af is active, of course you can go with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I will prefer Derrick Henry at that uh that expensive price range, right? So that's going to do it for this week for Showdown Coverage, uh, brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wildy, and I'll catch y'all next week. Peace.